Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. It is a pleasure to be here on Mother's Day because some of us have lost our mothers, amen? And so it's just precious to appreciate who we have in our presence every day, not just Mother's Day. Amen. And so as I think about this relational series that we've been doing, I was thinking about the message that we received last week. How many were here for that? It was some good nuggets. I began to chew on it all of this week and thinking about how do I have honesty in relationships? Because it's, it's easier said than done, right? When, we, when we're hurt and then we have unhealthy experiences, it's hard to, to have healthiness when it has not been modeled for us. Amen? And so I began to think about honesty and relationships. I was thinking about junk in my trunk, you know, <laughs> when he talked about how I have junk in my trunk. But it's organized junk in my trunk, you know? I keep the rest of my car clean, but there's sections of bags for when I go to the grocery store. I'm trying to be earth-friendly, all right? So I recycle. And then there's Sunday school stuff. And then there's new tablecloths that Edie purchased for Shine that I always keep in my car. And, 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 and so it's organized junk in my trunk, but it does influence us. The past influences our ability to have healthy relationships, right? Our past experiences and our families of origin, our past experiences of significant childhood, adolescence, college relationships, they influence us. And if we're not careful, that hurt can become received and then it becomes our dysfunction, right? So we can say, this horrible thing happened to me in the past, right? But we can't say this horrible thing happened in the past at 56, right? We, we must own it. We must own it and bring it before God and believe that he is going to give us healing for those deficits that we all have. And so I loved when he talked about healing and listening and reflective listening. I know for me when... Even when I'm dealing with people and we don't see eye to eye, I know when they're listening, right? They're trying to get understanding. They're reflecting it back to me. That's honoring, right? It's like, I don't agree with you, but I hear you. And then I know I'm guilty of this at times. When I hear something that's contrary to my belief system, I don't listen fully. I'm thinking of my rebuttal, right? And you see the wheels turn, and it's like, are you, are you listening to me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we're not listening to each other, right? And so I was thinking about the reflective listening and being honest in relationships, and Pastor Grimmar is going to break down conflict resolution uh, next week. And the following week, we're going to speak together on just safety in relationships, all relationships. See, relationships are relationships, Usually how you relate to one person is an indicator of how you're going to relate to another person, 
right? Not necessarily the case in all situations, but we have an approach to how we handle relationships. If we're anxious at first, if we're dismissive at first, you know, you know, some people like to, you know, test out the waters. And then I have some friends that just jump in the deep end. I'm like, whoa, well, I just met you. This is way too much. <laughs> this is supposed to be fun in the sun. And, and I'm hearing all the, the deep, dark secrets, you know. Some people don't have any problems with letting it all out. And then there's some people like me. I, I have to test people with information. You know, I test if they're talking about their best friend, they're going to talk about me, right? right? So sometimes we have to understand that we are in Christ, right? So we cannot relate to uh, uh, others the way we want to relate to others. We learned last week that we must put off the old self, put off the old self and put on the new self. I'm so amazed that when Jesus... Um, talked about uh, what we will be known for as a church. He said, we will not be known for what? Our great preaching, our knowledge, our ability to decipher um, scripture. He said, we will be known for our love for one another. There's so much unhealthiness in church. Why? Because we bring our baggage. This is a part where I sabotage relationships. Right. Right. And we don't look at the church as a hospital, as a place to have corrective experiences. We want to bring our dysfunction. And this is the way I am. But God created the church to be a vessel of healing. We know that all good things flow from God. All good things flow from God. And so the church is known for some of the same activity that the world is known for. We treat people the way uh, they treat us. That's carnal, people. We must love people out of the overflow of our relationship with God. It's a sacrifice of giving. It's easy. Even good fathers know how to give good gifts when they're evil. And so we have to think about what source are we pulling from when it comes from our relationships. You know, I know when I first met my husband, he has a way of speaking the truth. <laughs> it's loving, but it still cuts. And I remember when we first got married, you know, I have my way of dealing with things. I come from a, a family line of strong women, you know, and they tell us things. Better keep your money on the side. You better keep this. You better do this. And I had all these uh, 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 perceptions and mistrust, and I would bring it in the relationship. And I, I thought I was being slick, but it would come out, you know, during an argument. It would come out. That's what my mother said. That's what my... And I was like, where did that come from? That's supposed to be private. Don't tell me if you're going to rob a bank because I'm telling. It's just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, Cynthia said she was going to do it Tuesday. I mean, I'm just horrible, okay? I am horrible. But he would say, babe, I want to support you through your healing journey, but I ain't paying for all that stuff they did to you. You're not going to create the dysfunction of your family of origin in this house. We're going to allow Christ to give us new tools. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to flow 
in our lives and create a newness. Why? Because we want to model. Happy Mother's Day. We want to model. We want to model for our kids healthiness. Guess what? Kids, remember what you do not what you say. Kids, remember what you do. I still have images of my mother uh, uh, praying in the morning. I still have, have memories of my mom giving to the poor and my dad working at the homeless shelter. I saw that. And, 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 and we think that we can act the way we want to act, unhealthy, dysfunctional, uh, uh, uncleansed and get good results. And so, so our junk in the trunk, our past, it impacts our relationships. And another factor I wanna talk about today that impacts our relationship is attachment. Sometimes people call it ties. Sometimes people speak of it as bonds, but they're the holding, they're the, they're the connections that we have for one another. Uh, I want to say this quick definition of attachment. It says a feeling that binds one to a person, thing, cause, ideal. It is basically devotion, a regard, it's like a fond attachment for a cousin or an uncle. Um, you know, some people you just connect with, that instant connection, that instant affinity. Uh, the psychology definition is quite interesting. It says an emotional bond between an infant, right? This is Mother's Day, and a, or a toddler, um, and primary caregiver. A strong bond being vital for the child's normal development and social development. It says an enduring emotional bond that develops between an adult and another adult. This could be in a relationship or a marriage. So bonds matter. Bonds matter. What are you entangled with, right? Who do you attach yourself with? They matter. They have long-lasting effects. I know early in my marriage, I had to disentangle myself from the images of marriage that I had before. You know, I, I had a view of what the woman was supposed to do and how the man was supposed to function, and I had to, like, literally disengage from that mentality because it's a stronghold. And if we're not careful, it can permeate and it could be multi-generational. And so, so why does attachment matter? We're Christians. We, we got saved. You know, all is under the blood. I'm new. I'm, I'm, my hands are new. My feet are new. But we have to work out our own salvation before the Lord. We all have a past. And Jesus is so compassionate. He is not blaming you for your past. He wants to bring that anointing and that light to just illuminate the truth. Because sometimes we think we're all right. Amen. I thought I was all right. I got married. You know, she's looking good. You know, she's, she, she's nice, you know. And we don't think about the attachments that affect other people, right? We hurt people sometimes even with our help. I said we hurt people even with our help. I know it's graduation season, so we've been going to many graduations and, and we've been seeing that developmental change between being in the house and then not being in the house and seeing how mothers go through that. And it's so sad because it's like, oh, you have to shift, right? And what happens? What happens when we don't make that transition well? 
we have grown little babies, right? How many are aware of that? We have grown little babies. We're not growing. We're still on a milk and we're 36 years old. Why? Because we didn't have a healthy attachment and we didn't have a healthy disattachment. We didn't disengage at the appropriate time. And so if all good things fall from God, is it that God has a problem or we have a problem? I believe it's, 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 it's us because we're not receiving the good thing because we don't realize that we have problems with connections to other people. Healthy people, healthy things. I, I just really, I, I really think about how attachments can, can hinder your life. You know, you can be successful, you can have a measure of success, but the fullness of who you are, the fullness of what God wants you to become, it never manifests because you have to leave, right? You have to leave to go to, to, go to the next level. I remember when our, our three daughters went to college and, and I saw my husband just really going through, going through it, you know? They were just talking about the apartments on campus, who they're going to be living with. I said, what happened to dorms? How did they get to apartments and who who is Megan and who who are these people you know you have images of 3 a.m you know parties at night and 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 you can't control it right so I thank God for the grace and I thank God for the wisdom that we have to believe that we raised our children and made the healthy deposits so the Holy Spirit can do what they need to do. I remember I was talking to one of my stepdaughters about a difficult, difficult situation she was in, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's enough, but I'm not finished. I got three points, so why you stop me? <laughs> I got more. And I really felt him saying, you are going to be a distraction from what the Holy Spirit is doing. You don't want her voice, your voice, to be the only voice, I am doing something. You're hurting her with your help. Oh my goodness, it's one thing to trust God for yourself, one thing to trust God for a headache, it's another thing to trust God with your children, amen? And so I thank God and I see the fruit in her life and I see her in ministry and teaching a word and marrying a minister and, 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 and it doesn't matter that she married a minister but it's about letting your kids fulfill the purpose of God in their lives. It may not be the vision you have for them, but it's the vision that God has for him. And so attachment, attachment. I think about Mother's Day, and I think about Mary and Jesus, right? Could you imagine mothering Jesus? Could you imagine telling him to pick up his room? <laughs> I think about the bond that they had. Mary was no joke. You had to have some level of strength. Because he was a trip. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was God. You know, when they were looking for him, it was like, don't you know I'm doing my father's business? It's like, okay, oh, he said it, all right. Come on, let's go home. And I love the time where the, at the wedding, where, where, where <laughs> yeah, the, the, the whole issue of the wine, and he's like, mother, it's not my time yet. And she just said, just go do what he said, get some, get some jugs and bottles, and he going to fill it, right? So they had, they had 
their issues, right? Normal, healthy development. My favorite, my favorite. I say this to my mother and father often. And when, when, when Jesus was with his disciples and then they had uh, his mother and his brother had came to him, remember that? And he said, Jesus, Jesus, your mother and brother are here. He says, who's my mother? Who's my brother? These are my mothers and brothers. Anybody that does the will of God is my mother and brother. And I was like, if he was my son, like what? I carried you? <laughs> Diaper rashes? I, I deserve something. <laughs> you're, you're God, but you're also human, right? And so I just, I, I get tickled when I think about that bond. But here's my point that I want to hinge on, my main idea of what I want to say. As followers of Christ, we must make sure that our relationship with God is our most important attachment. Oh my goodness. We must make sure that our relationship with God is our most important bond, our attachment. And, and why? Because so we can love people the way we were, they were designed to be loved, right? In the appropriate manner, within the appropriate boundaries, and within the appropriate time. Let me say that again. So we can love people in the way that God designed it, within the appropriate manner, within the appropriate boundaries, and within the appropriate time. How many know that all relationships are not forever? Sometimes you may be in a relationship that has passed the expiration date. Nothing's, no one's bad, no one's evil, but the purpose of God has been fulfilled. And so a lot of times if we don't think about how are we connecting, we don't consult God about our relationships. We're just sticking to what's familiar because it's comfortable. Amen? It's familiar. I love what it says if you turn with me to Matthew 22, 26 through 40. I just want to read this. They asked them, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I love this because when you begin to put God first and you make him your number one primary attachment, it is a protection for you. It protects you from unhealthiness. It protects you from codependencies. It protects you from sabotaging good things, good people that come in your life. It is a protection. Putting God first can ensure we are getting our needs met first by the great I am. I'm not looking to you to meet my every need because I know whose I am. I know where I belong and who I belong. It's nothing like a confident person. There's nothing like a confident person because there's no competition. No one's trying to put a square peg in a round circle. They, they're not perfect, but they know I'm going to love you, and if you don't love me, that's okay. Amen? And, and so the healer and the protector is God. And so he puts the scripture, he puts the word of God in our lives as a protection. And when we meditate on it, it brings life. 
And so I found over the years that as I began to meditate on scripture, my appetites changed. I didn't feel comfortable being in those dysfunctional friendships, those dysfunctional relationships. I, I didn't have that desire. So we must meditate on the word just so our palate can change. Amen? I love the word of God. Everything that we need is in there. I know it sounds cliche, but we cannot. See, we love God, right? We can love God with our hearts, but if our minds aren't renewed to what we deserve, we'll settle for anything. We'll settle for anything. As followers of Christ, we must make sure that our relationship with him is the most important attachment so we can love people in the way that he designed it within the appropriate manner, within the appropriate boundaries, and within the appropriate times. So let's shine a light on attachment for a second. I, I, they're going to put up a slide, but I just think of the early attachments, how we were uh, reared in our childhood. All of our attachment style isn't hinged on how we were raised, but it's really significant and it does um, impact the way we connect to other people as adults. Um, when a mother and a child have a healthy connection, that there's a secure attachment. And it doesn't mean that the mother has to be perfect all the time. It means that for the most part, we all have bad days, amen? We all have bad days. But what are you doing most of the time, right? Are you preparing your child in a nurturing, secure attachment? So many studies are showing that the cancer that we're having and the health issues we're having stem from early negative traumatic attachment, even in the womb sometimes, you know, when we're not connecting, when there's substance abuse, or even the depression. I could relate to that. Mothers who are depressed, zero to three, if they don't get some intervention, if they're not getting help, it, help, it hinders the way that they bond with their children. Amen? And so um, I think that we need, our needs need to be met early because if they're not, we'll be distant. If the mother is distant and engaged, the child will become avoidant. They will start to get their needs met in various places, right? We learn early, why cry? My needs aren't going to be met, right? And we learn how to connect to other people to validate us. Right? So you see those, that healthy, that thirstiness, that I need constant affirmation because it wasn't given to us. And then I love this, um, you know, the ambivalent or the anxious type cannot rely on his needs to be met. The mother is inconsistent, sometimes um, sensitive, sometimes neglectful. The child is anxious and angry and insecure. What I learned in, in parenting is that when I begin to let go at the right time, kids develop confidence and they say, you believe in me, right? right. They, they, they don't say, you believe in me, but their actions, <laughs> their actions go, Okay, you're gonna trust me? Yeah, I'm gonna trust you. You're gonna, you said you're gonna go on the train. You said, okay, I'm gonna trust you. We gotta learn to let go. See, what I've seen so much in the college, uh, the UTA, I teach there one class. What I see now is kids who were so protected, they go on campus and they don't know how to tolerate the distress of life. 
They, they just don't know how. They didn't get to exercise their muscles in a safe environment, right? And, and, and you see them go to the other extreme. And, and it's not because they're bad. It's not because they wanted to do bad. or, or it, It's just like, I don't know how to handle this. My teacher gave me a, a B, and I, I don't know how to handle this, right? You get millennials, sometimes they struggle um, with people not validating. You know, when everybody gets a trophy generation, they're ready to, you know, they're destroyed when their boss doesn't say hi to them. You know, and this isn't a knock. This is, well, why do we do that? A lot of us had negative experiences as children. You know, so we just do what we do in extremes, right? But God is a great balancer. God is the great balancer, and he can take all of these early negative attachments and make them something positive. It says a secure attachment bond ensures that your child feels secure. An insecure attachment bond fails to meet your child's need for security, and this can inhibit their growth, both emotionally and both physically. But men matter too, right? Men matter too. I hear all the time, I have 70, 80 year old women who sit on my couch and they say, oh man, when my father was in the house, I felt safe. Constantly, constantly. Fathers have a role, a major role that studies are finding in the development of their child. Right? It says research shows that children who grow up in homes without a consistent father involvement commit more crimes, become teenage parents more frequently, are unemployed more often than children who grow up living with both of their parents full time. This is regardless of race, age, it, it just is. And, and I think that a lot of times men um, get a pass sometimes. They, they, they think, well, you're in the home. But how many know you can be in a home but not present? Amen? You could be in a home but not be present. All good things come from God. So your attachment style, early childhood events. Some kids have a temperament, right? Some kids are just born with the temperament, right? It doesn't matter what you did. It's just who they are. They come out and it's like, oh, boy, yep, that's him. <laughs> it's who they are. Certain things like their personality can dictate um, traumatic events that they experience at a young age, or even just disabilities or just genetics. I think a lot of times when there's unresolved trauma, trauma's a part of life, but when there's un un unresolved trauma, it impacts the way you feel in, in this world. Is it a safe place, right? Can I trust God to, to protect me and protect, protect what's his mind? So unhealthy attachments, have compassion on yourself. It is an attempt just to get our needs met. When we're attached to alcohol, substances, codependent relationships, when we're attached to controlling and manipulating people, at first it was a way to survive, right? But then it becomes sin, right? It becomes sin if we're not careful. I love this, uh, this phrase in the Bible. It talks about inordinate affections. You ever heard of that in Colossians 3? And I love it. It, it, it basically means, my, my Pastor Yolanda version, it, it, inordinate affections is trying to get something from someone who is not ordained to give it to you. Wow. Wow. You're trying to use people in a manner 
that it is not meant to be. And so we have to understand the parameters of it because we'll find ourselves being connected to food. Why? Because early in life you heard your parents arguing so food became your comfort, right? You, you begin to smoke weed behind the campus or behind the high school because your parents were not there. And so it was an attempt to feel connected to something, but later on, it's destroying your life. Amen? And the best way that I like to explain inordinate affections is a man should love his wife, right? A man should love his wife. If you're engaged, if you're in a relationship, you should love your wife. But healthy love and attraction towards this person, if taken to the extreme, can be obsessive and abusive. If that person's calling you every 10 minutes, if that person wants to know if you're turning, if this person is turning you away from your friends, what is the fruit of that relationship? Is it peace? No. And so a lot of times it is not ordained. So God loves marriage. He loves connection. But he does not want anyone to take the place of him as your primary connection. Amen. And I think of boundaries. When God is not first, you do not know where you end and someone else begins. <laughs> you begin like, where do I end? I want to do this, so you shouldn't do this, so we shouldn't do this. It's like, that's your issue. I, I deal with, you know, some of my extended family, and they're not, we're not talking to aunt such and such. I'm like, you're not talking to aunt such and such. I respect what you're doing, but I'm talking to aunt such and such. I don't play that game because none of us is promised tomorrow. Amen? 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 And so we have to understand the healthy boundaries in relationships. You don't own nobody. You don't own anyone. You have to allow people to love you out of a free will. Even God doesn't force us to choose him. He respects, he respects our right to not choose him. He respect, How much more should we respect people's rights to not be in a relationship with us? Right? And controlling people is not healthy. It's from the devil. And I think that a lot of times in church is misconstrued as submissing, to being submitted. But you should not submit to anything that is not honoring God and honoring yourself. Amen. Amen. So some scriptures about inordinate affections, Colossians 3, 6, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, inordinate affection, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry, you're putting it before God, okay? It's, it's a difference when we make a mistake or we, we, we act out of bounds, but then it's a difference when it becomes a pattern because we're saying that here's another way. Here's my golden calf, right? I want to be able to control what I do. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. And my favorite, 1 John 2.1, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Amen? There's no condemnation. 
There's no condemnation. There's healing, right? Because we believe that all good things come from the Father above. So relational key number one, how do we make God our, our, our number one attachment? How do, we, how do we follow Jesus? It's easier said than done. I believe that the first relational key is ask God to show you the purpose of something or someone in your life when you first meet them. Lord, what's the purpose of this? Why? Because when you do that initially, you begin to acknowledge God in that relationship. What's the purpose of this? What's, what's the purpose of this? Even if you don't get the answer yet, it's a posture. Like, I'm inviting you into this relationship, right? What's the purpose of this relationship? John 8, 32 says, um, and you should know the truth, and the truth should make you free. Because some of us don't want to ask God. <laughs> because some of our relationships don't magnify him. They don't glorify him. And so you may find that it is unclear, and for a time, uh, you may find like, oftentimes you can be in a relationship with somebody, it could be a friend, it can be um, a romantic interest, it can be a church, it can be some sort of connection. And then you, it started off good, right? But then it takes a turn. And a lot of times things take a turn because we avoid conflict resolution. We avoid speaking the truth in love. So sometimes we just say, oh, this is the part that I leave. But you didn't even deal with it. You didn't even get a chance to see if, 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 if it could be something good, right? So I'm not advocating, oh, this is up. This relationship is up. Well, okay, let's move on. That's unhealthy. That's dismissive. That's avoidant. That's not healthy. What I'm saying is you must speak the truth in love, but you can kind of sense when the grace is kind of lifted off of something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, when you're at this job, you know, for a while, and it's just like, I don't have grace to drive here anymore. <laughs> this, is, this is far. It's 20 minutes. It's far, you know. <laughs> Everything becomes harder. Or sometimes it's just good people, and you just... You're just not on the same page, you know? So you gotta have courage to know when that relationship is ending. The manner, the boundaries, and the time. What is the fruit in your life? Is it hindered goals, wasted resources, or frustration? What are the boundaries? It's time to make a change. It's time to cut things off, if that's the case. If there's no fruit anymore. Why spend your spiritual gifts on people who aren't capable of appreciating or recognizing it? Why? Why do we cast our pearls before swine? Is it because we have unhealed attachment? I'm going to make you love me. I'm going to make you love me. If I do this, if I do that, oh, I can do it. I can earn it. And you're, here you are, 36 years old, and you still relating to this person like it's your alcoholic father, right? So ask God, what is the purpose of this relationship? And also, ask God to give you a vision of yourself, whole and healthy. I love this. Ask God to give you a picture, an image of yourself, whole and healthy. You'll start dreaming dreams. You'll start seeing yourself in healthy relationships where you're giving and you're receiving. Oh my goodness. It's not unbalanced. I'm not giving and giving. I'm not hurting. This is amazing. 
I began to pray, and, and, the, and the best way to get this vision is to get the word of God in your life. I began speaking the word over my life. I didn't call myself, oh, you know, I'm dysfunctional. I began, I began to speak the truth and love over my life. Amen? It says, if I don't have love, I have nothing. So I began to speak that I have love, that I am patient, that I am kind, that I don't envy, that I don't boast. I'm not arrogant. I'm not rude. I'm not irritable. I'm not resentment. The old Yolanda was resentful. The new Yolanda is made new in Christ. And I'm full. I'm rejected. Okay, I got hurt, but I'm moving on because God has something better for me. Amen? My favorite is when I would speak a Proverbs 29, 25 over my life. It talks about fear of a man is a snare. A fear of man is a snare. I love that. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. I would say, I trust in the Lord. Therefore, I'm safe. Praise God. I trust in the Lord. Therefore, it's safe. I don't know how this thing is going to end, but those who trust in the Lord are safe. And don't try to be someone else's God. Don't try to be the Holy Spirit free. It is hard. It is, it is a lot. It's like I'm not all omniscient. I'm tired. I'm not all knowing. I'm not omnipotent. I'm not everywhere. God didn't design me to do that. So we want to make sure that we are breaking the mentality of our minds and our souls with the word of God. And the next relational key, you want to ask God to break any ungodly or unhealthy attachment or any overdue attachment. It doesn't have to be bad. It's just the time has ended, right? Ask God. You don't have to do it on your own. I believe that you have to have a, a posture to where you're ready to receive because God can give you something, but you're not ready to receive, right? So you have to have a posture of readiness by speaking life and not death over your life. And, and take responsibility for your past. I know some people, um, you know, look to get an accountability partner. Some people seek pastoral counseling. Some people speak, seek professional counseling. I think that's the boldest thing you can do. Take responsibility for your past. Why? Sometimes times I came to the altar and I said, Lord, heal me. Help me to be unhealthy. And then I'm doing the same thing over again. And then I go, Lord God, I'm sorry. I'll be good at this time. I'll be good. Help me. Help me. And then... I did it again. Those are strongholds, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes we need people to walk alongside of us to break it down. It's like a progressive healing. Sometimes it's instantaneously. Sometimes I received it and that appetite changed. But sometimes it was like a laboring. And I think I like it when it's a laboring because you fought so hard to get there. When I met my husband, I was like, I don't know because I, I, I haven't dated anybody for a while. I got all that unnecessary junk out of my life. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this, right? Because I fought for my healing, and I just didn't want anybody to come and kill and steal and destroy what I had. It's not the person that's doing it. It's this devil that's, you know, that's using an unhealthy situation to wear you down. Some of us need to be cautious about who we connect with. Just a little bit cautious. You know, not, not arrogant or conceited, but 
God, break the strongholds over my life. There's a certain pattern of relationship that I choose. And I'm not talking about just romantic. Friendships. You're always in friendships where you're doing everything. You're always in friendships that's not healthy. It's you. It's, it's you. You're creating that same dysfunction because you're unhealthy. Let me tell you an example of it. I love this. I have a friend, and, and, and she always goes, oh, no, I'll pay. Oh, no, I'll pick you up. Oh, no, I'll do this. And I'm like, no, you picked me up last time. You paid. I'm going to do it. Oh, no, this. Oh, no. And I said, mm-mm. You have to receive goodness. You have to ask God to break that stronghold and, and help you to tolerate the distress of something new. Because it's distressful when you're used to getting the crumbs. This is healthiness. I said, this is a part in a friendship where I do for you. It's not healthy to be in a relationship where you're giving all the time. And so I love that. Ask God to break it. Lord, change my appetites because I am not the perpetual victim anymore. Right? Oh, they did this to me. Oh, he did this to me. I'm like, six people. There's something wrong with this (laughs) scenario. So we have to realize that we are daughters, we are sons of the king, and that we will not tolerate any distress. After it is broken, after it's broken, this is the real sensitive time in your life. Ask God to give you strength to close those doors, those doors that opened them in the first place. You need strength to resist unhealthiness. I wanna do it. I want to help him. I want to help her. And God's saying, you're not the Holy Spirit. I'm doing something. I'm doing, you're not working for me. It looks like you're helping, but you're hurting. It looks like you're helping, but you're hurting. Ask God for strength. And you, and it's amazing how you just get this peace because you are trusting him in all your affairs and all your relationships. And lastly, Ask God to give you what I call corrective relationships. You know, healing relationships. My husband was a corrective relationship for me, right? Because this is the part where I do something crazy. This is the part where I walk away. This is the part, and he was like, no, 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 this is healthy. I'm supposed to call you. This is normal. Don't act weird because I called you back. Don't act weird because I showed up when I said I was going to show up. You know, it was like, oh, Oh, he's here. He's obsessive. No, he said he was going to come at six. You're unhealthy. (laughs) I'm dramatic. Oh, my God, he's here. It's crazy. Why is he here? Because you're going out on a date. It's Friday night. You're not used to people showing up for you, right? So allow God to change your appetites. Allow God not only just to give you healthy connections to people, but to things. You know, alcohol. It's, you know, I'm not judging, but how often are you relying on it? It's, you know, it's, not, a, it's not just a drink after work to relax with dinner. You need it now to go to sleep. It's an unhealthy attachment. You can have unhealthy attachments to people and places and things. So ask God to shine a light on those areas and ask God to make you comfortable 
with the criticism of doing something new. You ever do something new? The people that knew you back when? Oh, you changed. Yeah, I did change. I'm healthy now. <laughs> you're, you're, oh, she's different. Oh, she doesn't hang around us anymore. Oh, she doesn't sit at the table when, when, when we gossip. No, I'm guarding my heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And I don't want to get used to that. I don't want it to affect my spirit because I labor in the word to speak the word of God over my life. And I, and I don't want to have to do extra work trying to get what I heard in your presence out of me. Amen. Because if you don't believe the, the word of God is a seed, you are deceived. If you don't like the fruit in your life, what type of seed are you placing in it? Right? We talk about overflow. We talk about harvest. We talk about breakthrough. It comes when we put the right seeds in our lives. Please stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.